uh, last week with our vision about the theme for this year being set free in 2023. And so we want to start a four-part series this morning that will run for the next four weeks. And we want to talk about being free from fear. I want to turn your attention to Psalms chapter 27. And we begin reading in verse 1. Psalms chapter 27 and verse 1. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? When the wicked, even mine enemies and my foes, came upon me to eat up my flesh, they stumbled and fell. Though an host should encamp against me, my heart shall not fear. The war should rise against me. In this will I be confident. One thing have I desired of the Lord, that will I seek after, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to behold the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in his temple. For in the time of trouble, he shall hide me in his pavilion. In the secret of his tabernacle shall he hide me. He shall set me upon a rock. And now shall mine head be lifted up above mine enemies round about me. Therefore will I offer in his tabernacle sacrifices of joy. I will sing, yea, I will sing praises unto the Lord. Oh, hallelujah. What a great God we serve. What a great God we serve. And we want to talk today about freedom from fear. You may be seated. Thank you so much for standing in honor of the reading of the Word of God. Inscribed onto the Liberty Bell, initially in 19, or rather 1751, by the Whitechapel Foundry in London, and then in 1752 by John Pass and John Stowe uh, in Philadelphia, are the words from Leviticus 25. Proclaim liberty throughout all the land unto all the inhabitants thereof. The bell rang on July 8, 1776 to summon the people to hear the Declaration of Independence, but it did not stop there. There have been several occasions in which the Liberty Bell was struck and the sound was recorded. One very special occasion was on what we refer to in history as D-Day, June 6, 1944, when the Liberty Bell was struck by Philadelphia Mayor Bernard Samuel seven times, one time for each of the letters in the word liberty, and a nationwide broadcast to announce the Allied invasion of Europe on the beaches of Normandy, France. And though our nation was birthed in the cradle of liberty, liberty itself was birthed with our God. Because freedom, my friend, is more than just an independence from other nations. Freedom is the ability to live free, free of the tyrannical oppression of sin. Because sin brings fear, fear of our impending demise, fear of our own mortality, fear of each other, fear of circumstances out of our control, fear of losing what we have, fear of wrong choices and mistakes fear of health consequences, and fear of lost relationships. We may try to drown out our fears with man-made devices, but nothing can loosen the grip of fear except Jesus. 
I said, nothing can loosen the grip of fear except Jesus. It is important for you and I to realize that the only way that we are going to be free from fear is for us to get lost in the presence and the glory of God and to realize that we serve a sovereign God, that God is still God and God sits upon the circle of the earth, that heaven is his throne and earth is his footstool. For us to get a revelation that though nations may rise and fall, though kingdoms may rise and fall, there is a God, hallelujah, and he is going to have the final say in all matters. And his name is Jesus Christ. And at the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess that he is God. And I rise today to declare to this great congregation of believers uh, that there is a God, hallelujah, that is the answer to all of the ills of our society. He indeed is the answer to this world. And I'm glad that I know his name. I'm glad that you and I can be in his presence today. For he is the one that can indeed set us free. Free from fear. Free from sin. Free from the slavery of the advices of the enemy that puts against us to try to hold you and I in captivity. I remember as a young man being raised in this church and then as a young adult wrestling with the call of God on my life. They used to do something each year here in the central Florida area in the month of September, if my memory serves me right. They used to have something at Disney World that was called Night of Joy. A night of joy is when they would bring in different Christian uh, singing groups. After the park would close at maybe 6 or 7 p.m., if you bought tickets for a night of joy, it seemed like they would do it on a Friday night and a Saturday night. Then you could then go to the night of joy. It was multiple concerts around the park. You could also go on the rides. They were all open. And it would go on from, let's say, 7 or 8 p.m. until uh, maybe 1 a.m. in the morning. And uh, so a lot of... Uh, different uh, Christian young people, young adults, people from all over the central Florida area, uh, they would flock to these parks for a night of joy. And it was different uh, Christian artists, uh, artists that were popular at the time. They would have groups like Michael W. Smith or, or Shirley Caesar, uh, the Winans, Imperials, Amy Grant, and uh, even Andre Crouch one time. And, and I, I remember that, that concert in particular. I remember one night... Whenever we were there, I was there with uh, some of the young people from our church, and we were up near the castle. Andre Crouch uh, was singing, and he had his group with him, and I believe his twin sister, uh, Sandra Crouch. But they were uh, there on the uh, the stage that was set up in front of uh, Cinderella's castle there. And, of course, all the way down Main Street, USA, uh, back toward the entrance was just tens of thousands of people. It just looked like a sea of people, I don't know, thirty, maybe forty thousand people. You, you couldn't even move down the street, and all the little uh, openings to the shops along the way, the the street itself, it was just all jammed with people all the way back. We were up near the castle, but it was all the way down uh, the street, and it was all the way back uh, to the entrance. And and of course, Andre Crouch uh, singing some of those powerful songs that he had uh, written uh, in those years, going all the way back to the seventies, and and I remember. Uh, while this particular night was going on in this particular concert, I, I remember that uh, Andre Crouch, uh, uh, who has since passed, he was there 
uh, sitting at the piano on this stage in front of the castle, and he uh, started to sing a song that he had written, and it was simply, Jesus is the answer for the world today. Above him, there's no other. Jesus is the way. And he would sing it again. Jesus is the answer for the world today. Above him, there's no other. Jesus is the way. And then he went into uh, the verses. And one of the verses says, I know that you've got mountains that you think you cannot climb. I know that your skies have been dark. You think the sun won't shine. But in case you don't know, I'm here to tell you the word of God is true. And everything that he's promised, he's going to do it for you. Hmm. And then he'd go back into the course. Jesus is the answer for the world today. Above him there's no other. Jesus is the way. Jesus is the answer for the world today. Above him there's no other. Jesus is the way. And I remember as a young man looking down Main Street, USA, and as he was singing that song, you could feel the presence of God. And I remember looking down Main Street, USA, USA at thousands and thousands of people, and people were having their hands up in the air, and they were singing, Jesus is the answer, the answer for the world today. And, and people that didn't even know each other were standing when they were holding hands with each other. And I looked down that crowd and for the first time, it hit me. Indeed, Jesus is the answer for the world. He's not just the answer for the people in the church that I grew up in. He's not just the answer for my family members. He's not just the answer for my friends that I go to school with. He's not just the answer for the people in my neighborhood. But oh, indeed, Jesus is the answer for the world. He's the answer for people in the Middle East. He's the answer for people in the Far East. He's the answer for people in South America. He is the answer for everybody in this world. He's the answer for fear. I said he's the answer for fear. He's the answer for depression. He's the answer for thoughts of suicide. He's the answer for drugs. He's the answer for pornography. He's the answer for broken homes and broken families and broken hearts and broken minds. Jesus is the answer. Oh, hallelujah. David said, I will not fear because one thing have I desired of the Lord and that will I seek after. That I may dwell in the house of the Lord. I want to focus on that first one for just a moment. That I may dwell in the house of the Lord. I've thought back over the 40 plus years that I've been in ministry. And, and even before that when I was being raised in a pastor's home. And I have come to the conclusion thinking about this this past week. That the reason that people are able to make it spiritually is because they make a commitment to be in the house of God. 
I have seen people with good intentions that start out doing well. But for some other reason they get busy in life or it's not convenient anymore. It's not a top priority. They start watching online and before long they're not even doing that. And, and before long they're doing something else on Sunday and relatives are in town. And, and we're busy going to Disney World or somewhere else. And, and before long going to church just becomes uh, less and less of a priority. And the longer you stay away from it the harder it is uh, to get back into the house of God. But oh my friend if you'll make up in your mind. Oh, I'm going to be in the house of God on Sunday. I'm coming to the house of God. I'm going to raise my family in the house of God. I'm here to tell you that fear has to dissipate in the presence of God. You can be here this morning with fear of uncertainties in your life. But oh, when you get in the house of God, there is joy. There is peace. There is deliverance in God's presence. A friend of mine is a medical doctor in Tennessee, and he sent me a study that was published in the Journal of American Medical Association just a few months ago. It was a study that was done by Harvard Medical School, and the results were published in 2022 in the Journal of American Medical Association. In an article entitled, Spirituality and Serious Illness, Here's what Harvard Medical School found. Number one, frequent religious spiritual service attendance is associated with lower risk of mortality. Number two, frequent attendance is associated with subsequent less smoking and use of alcohol, marijuana, and illicit drugs. Number three, frequent attendance is associated with subsequent better quality of life. Number four, frequent attendance is associated with subsequent better mental health outcomes. Number five, there is a close response relationship between frequent attendance and lower risk of mortality. Number six, frequent attendance is associated with subsequent less smoking, risky sexual behaviors, and use of alcohol, marijuana, and illicit drugs in adolescence. Number seven, Frequent attendance is associated with fewer subsequent depressive symptoms. And number eight, frequent attendance is associated with subsequent fewer suicidal behaviors. If you don't want to believe an apostolic preacher, maybe you can believe a medical report from Harvard Medical School that was done during the COVID outbreak. That people that went to the house of God. You can summarize all of this in mental health. People that went to the house of God found that they could be free. Free from mental health disease. Free from thoughts of suicide. Free from addictions of the flesh. Oh, my friend, I've come to tell you that when you come in the house of God, it's the same thing that David learned in the Old Testament. Sure, I've got enemies and I've got foes and I'm surrounded on every side. But one thing have I desired. It's to go to the house of God. Oh, I'm glad you're in the house of God today. The Lord is my light and my salvation. David penned the words in this 27th Psalm. I don't have to fear because I'm going to dwell in the house of the Lord. I want to preach to somebody today that when you come into the house of God, the fear in your life begins to dissipate. When you make up in your mind, I'm coming to the house of God. 
I'm going to sing the praises of God. I'm going to sing the songs of joy. Hallelujah. I'm going to bless the Lord at all times. It doesn't mean you're free from trouble. David had all kind of trouble. David had all kind of fears. There was a lot of fears that I'm sure he faced when he was alone and he was by himself uh, running for his life, a fugitive from the law. He said in the 27th Psalm, when the wicked, even mine enemies and my foes, came upon me to eat up my flesh. You talk about dealing with fear. Every day he had to be looking over his shoulder. He had enemies that were not just enemies that were going to somehow make him feel uncomfortable. They had a desire to destroy him, to eat up his flesh. He was dealing with real fears. These were not some kind of fears that were just imaginable in his mind. They were fears that were a reality. He had made enemies at a young age, but he said, oh, they stumbled and they fell. They could not accomplish their purpose. I don't know who was the face maybe of his fear, maybe whenever he went to close his his eyes at night and go to sleep. Maybe it was King Saul, that look in his eye that David had seen before, right when he flung that spear to try to pin him to the wall as David was there in the court of King Saul as a young man playing his harp and trying to ease those spirits that Saul was dealing with. You see, Saul had started out in the presence of God. Saul had started out as a humble man. But for whatever reason, he got to a place where he began to live with tremendous amounts of fear. And he tried to deal with that fear on his own. There's times you can't deal with fear on your own. You can't medicate yourself enough to deal with the fear. You've got to come into the presence of God. It's not enough to just be out there on the peripheral, listen to Christian music. They thought they could just bring David in there and, and play his harp and it would make it all go away. No, Saul, you got to get to the house of God. You got to humble yourself under the mighty hand of God. But uh, David was there playing it, and, and he just getting madder and madder by the moment. And he just flung his spear. King Saul just wanting to take David out, just wanted to hunt him down and kill him like a dog. The Bible talks about to make an example out of him. And David had to live with that. The one that he loved, his mentor, his king, he even referred to him as his father, was wanting to chase him down because he was a, a jealous, raging a lunatic trying to take David out. David was just a threat because God's hand was upon him. Let me tell you something. If you try to live a righteous life in this world, you're going to have enemies. You're going to have enemies, I'm telling you. you got to make up in your mind. Are you going to try to live this life to please people? Or are you going to try to live this life to please God? Paul said, even so do we speak, not as pleasing man, but pleasing God which trieth my heart. Oh, hallelujah. You got to make up in your mind. If you're going to serve God, there's people you work with that make them feel uncomfortable because you're trying to live a righteous life. They're going to be upset with you. They're not going to include you in their plans for parties, but that's okay. You're a light that shineth in a dark place. We're a city that is set on a hill. We're not here, hallelujah, to try to make everybody happy with us. We are here to stand for righteousness and holiness and declare that this is the day that the Lord has made. Don't take it personal. It's because of the stance that you're taking that people aren't happy with you. But I've come to tell you, God's got your back. God's on your side. God's going to direct your steps. And if God be for you, who can be against you? Maybe it was the face of Goliath that haunted David. Goliath had brothers who were giants and every one of them had declared 
They'd put a bounty out on David's head. They had vowed to kill David and to put his head on a stick because he had killed Goliath, their brother, and held up that head. And the Philistines had run in fear. You know why? Because their leader had been taken out. I'm going to tell you something. When you declare the name of God in every battle, God makes it personal. And God will take the fear out of your heart and put it in the heart of your opponent. I said, God will put it in the heart of your opponent. He will change the whole fear dynamic. If you'll declare the name of Jesus, Lord, I am yours. Hallelujah. I serve a sovereign God. There's a lot of things you and I are not in control of, but our God is in control of everything. He is a mighty God. And you've got to get a revelation that God is a sovereign God. That He's in charge of everything. He's in charge of every breath that I breathe. You've got to get a revelation that everything that God has given you is a blessing from God. You don't have to live in fear of losing your blessings. You ought to say, Lord, I thank you. But I've got the attitude like Job. You bless me. But you know what? Naked came I in this world and naked shall I return. I'm going to bless the Lord anyhow. I thank you, Lord, for your blessings on my family. I thank you, Lord, for your blessings on my job. I thank you, Lord, for your blessings on my home. But God, if it's all gone tomorrow, I'm going to worship you anyhow. For you know the way that I take. Job said, I look to the right. He wasn't there. The left, he hideth himself. I go forward and back and he's not there. But oh, he knows the way that I take. And when I am tried, I'm going to come forth as gold. Bless the Lord anyhow. He had friends, so-called friends, that just came and stared at him for a long time. And then they begin to speak. And they begin to declare that he must have sin in his life for him to be going through what he was going through. They didn't understand it. People may not always understand what you're going through. But I've come to tell you that if you get in the house of God, if you get in the presence of God, God's going to break the chains of fear. I said, God's going to break the chains of fear and you'll be able to leave this place with your hand lifted high saying, I am a child of God and God is going to go before me. Hallelujah. I know I'm dealing with situations that I wish would be fixed, but you know what? God's going to do it in his time. But in the meantime, I'm going to bless the Lord anyhow. Oh, I feel like chains are being broken already today. I'm going to bless the Lord anyhow because God has been so good. Hmm. I was praying for a, a man and a lady Friday night up there in Jacksonville in that gymnasium and I said, I feel like when I prayed for you that I saw chains being breaking. That lady started to worship the Lord. God filled her with the Holy Ghost. And I went and prayed for her husband. I said, I feel like chains are being broken off of your life. He began to leap for joy and jump straight up and down. I said, God's going to set you free. He began to say, I'm free, I'm free, I'm free. I'm going to tell you what, folks, uh, we look around this world uh, and we look at America and we think that we are free. I'm going to tell you something right now. America got its freedom because it was based on Judeo-Christian values. But the more you move away from biblical principles, uh, the less you are free. And though we may not be invaded by a foreign army right now, there's a lot of people in this nation that are living in fear because sin is rampant and iniquity is rampant. But God never 
intended for the church of the living God to live in fear. Oh, this world is not my home. I'm just a passing through. We don't get our marching orders from culture. We get our marching orders from the Lord. I said, God is still in charge of everything. And the more I align myself with the word of God, the more free I am. That's why the Bible said you can come boldly before the throne of grace and find help in a time of need. We don't come boldly because of our own audacity. We come boldly because God has given us courage. God has given us boldness and an anointing. We know he hears our cry. We know he is nigh unto those that call upon his name. Maybe David had to deal with the face of Doeg, the Edomite, who killed 85 priests in one day. 1 Samuel 22 says he slew the entire village of Nob, the city of the priest, every man, woman in the city, every child and baby, every cattle, oxen and sheep. And all the blood that was shed was because the high priest in the temple had assisted David with some food. David went to the high priest to get help when Saul declared him a fugitive. He said, is there some assistance I can get? And the priest said, I can give you some food. And here's the, here's the sword that you used to kill Goliath. It's been back there behind the ephod. Oh my, the ephod is what they put on when they would praise him. I've come to tell you that just behind the ephod, ladies and gentlemen, God's going to give you the victory. He's going to remind you of some victories he gave you in the past. Those victories are not over yet. They may have just been pushed aside behind the ephod, but the presence of God is going to bring them back out. I said the presence of God is going to bring it back out. He's going to call to your remembrance times that he kept you in the darkened night when you didn't know where to turn. God kept you. Some of you could stand in this building today and declare, if it had not been for Jesus, you wouldn't even be here today. You wouldn't even still be alive. But God protected you. God looked ahead and saw not what you were, but what you could be. And he kept you all of these years. He didn't keep you just to become a fat cat in the presence of God. He kept you so that you could be an example that God loves everybody. He gave you a testimony. David had to live every day of his life with the knowledge that his enemies were consumed with killing him. Yeah, Doeg, the assassin of King Saul. He was there at the temple. He saw, he went back to Saul and he said, I seen David come in and I seen the high priest give him some help. And Saul said, go and kill all the priests, 85 priests. Saul had, where, how did you get that far, Saul? How did you get so far over there that you became a killing machine because of your own fears and insecurities? Because if you try to live this life without God, you try to just deal with the problems and the cares of this life with man's understanding. You'll find yourself using the mechanisms that the flesh has. But my friend, it will never bring a solution to the problem. It just kicks the can down the road. But ultimately, you're going to have to deal with the fear issue. And until you get under the hot glow of the presence of God. I said until you get under the hot glow of the presence of God. Ooh, hallelujah. Fear is going to be your master. It'll be there when nobody else is. When you try to close your eyes at night, you wonder why this nation has such a 
hard time going to sleep. They close their eyes at night, but the brain is still running and, and all the fear. And people got to take sleeping pills by the dozens to try to go to sleep at night. You know why? Because a life that's lived without the understanding that God is my Savior. Oh, my friend, you can't solve all your problems on your own. I know you've got stress and strife in life, but God is wanting to set you free today. I feel it in the Holy Ghost. I said, God is trying to set you free today. You say, oh, pastor, you don't know the people that are consumed with taking me out. I may not know their names. I may not know the situation you're referring to. But here's what I do know. My God is greater. I said, my God is greater. There's an area in northeastern Guatemala where we've not been able to put a missionary for 40 plus years. Uh, Brother Thompson, who's the, the, the head missionary in Guatemala down in the capital, Guatemala City. And of course, before him, Brother Monty Showalter. And when I was just a young man, I went down there and, and, and preached a conference, a youth conference, and, and became familiar with Guatemala, fell in love with that country, and, and worked for over the years with that great country. We even built an orphanage down there. Many of our men, even Bishop Myers, have been with us down there. And, built that orphanage in Guatemala City. And Brother Thompson, Brother Brad Thompson would always tell us there's a region that we cannot get into because uh, it's the on the drug route where the drugs come out of Colombia and go into Mexico and they go through there and it's all controlled by drug lords and farms and thousands and thousands of acres of land and it's not unusual for these drug uh, pushers and dealers and, and these drug lords to go into a village looking for uh, a man and they say he's not here they'll take chainsaws and it's not unusual for them to hack up 25 30 people and leave all their parts laying around all through the village and just say hey whenever so-and-so shows up we're looking for him and leave a message like that fear is the master of that whole area there's no missionary that can go into the area there's nobody that can even visit that area it's just off limits it's just controlled by fear fear from these people that uh, see life as so cheap and so there's a young man that grew up in that area he wanted to try to do something with his life so when he was about 17 years old he decided he was going to join the police force and they took him down to guatemala city and said we're going to put you through the police academy and then you're going to go back up to that area and you're going to be a police officer and you're going to help us to to rein in these people and the drug lords in his hometown got word of it and they said if no he doesn't come back here and get out of that police academy we're going to kill his entire family. And so he knew that he had to get out of there. So one night, him and his cousin, they snuck out of the police academy. They left. They decided they were going to try to get to America. And they went up through Mexico, and they were just teenagers. But they said, we've got to get to America. We've got to get to America. It's our only hope. And they went through, and of course, all kind of stories about what they went through. But they finally got to the border, got over the border, and began to get different jobs. And they had family members up in the Midwest, and they made their way up into the Midwest, and there came a time when, when Noe was working uh, in the kitchen of a restaurant in Zanesville, Ohio, and somebody invited him to an apostolic church, to the Anchor Church. And uh, he said, no, I'm not going to go. No, I'm not going to go. But there was a particular situation in his life. He was addicted to drugs, and he had almost overdosed. And he said, the only hope I've got is to try this church. And so he went to that church with his friend and he said when i got to that church they had an evangelist there a friend of mine by the name of david smith that was preaching aaron bounds the pastor of the anchor church and he said i got in that building the presence of god started to move he said i didn't know what it was but he said man i was hanging on to the pew in front of me for dear life 
And he said, I begin to feel the presence of God. And he said, that evangelist came back and he said, he pointed right at me. He was in the center aisle preaching. He pointed at me and he said, God's going to set you free tonight. And he said, I had so many addictions. He said, I was a mess. But he said, man, I ran to that altar. And he said, I cried. And he said, the Lord delivered me. He delivered me from drugs. He delivered me from fear. He delivered me from every addiction. He said, I spent all night worshiping the Lord. I started telling my family members and friends, everybody I could. He became a soul winner in that little town in Ohio. And then uh, he ended up marrying a girl in that church. And, and they had a daughter. And he started getting a burden to go back to Guatemala. He said, I want to go back to the place where I came from. Uh, there's no missionary. There's no gospel there. And, and so they started trying to figure out what they could do. He started making trips back there. And finally, they started supporting him where he could go back there and try to start a church. And, and he and his wife and his young daughter would go there. And he said, every night we dealt with fear. Fear would come in the room. And he said, I knew I was going to end up losing my daughter and my wife. He said, this was the area I had grown up in. I knew the people. He said, I knew this situation. But he said, we would hold hands at night and we would pray. And he said, the more we prayed, fear started moving out of that place. Fear started leaving the room where we were. Some of you have been face to face with fear. You know what it is. But oh, my friend, when you begin to worship the Lord, fear has to dissipate. It's like light and darkness can't cohabitate in a room. This whole room can be dark, but you can flip on the light and and the light comes into this room and darkness has to dissipate. You say, where did the darkness go? I don't know, but light is the greater power, so it wins out every time. Oh, my friend, you can be in the darkness of fear, but when you begin to worship the Lord, the light of His presence, the light of His power begins to infiltrate that room. It begins to infiltrate that heart, that mind, and that life, and the light of God's love comes on. They started having church. People were afraid to go to the church, but they started having church. And after a while, they was able to see God do incredible miracles. And they built up a church and were able to get some more daughter works going. And, and then the, they started talking with us about doing a crusade down there. And so uh, after about three or four years of Brother Noe being down there and getting a foothold in that area, God giving them one victory after another. We went down there a few years ago. I think it was in 19, 2019. It was in the month of March, and we went down there. They had given them the soccer field. The mayor of the city had given them the entire soccer field to have a crusade. We set up a stage there, and we invited people all over town. They put flyers out. They got thousands of people to come out. We began to see people get the Holy Ghost. But while we were having that crusade, people would come and stand in the altar area, and they would do all kind of chants against us. One lady had tarot cards. And they would try to put a hex on us while we were preaching, while we were praying people through the Holy Ghost. Uh, oh, the enemy don't like to give up easy. I mean, they'd come down there. I remember one lady come down there and she was starting to pray her tarot cards all down there. She came every night. They said, what do you want to do with her? We say, let's just leave her alone. And every night she'd come down there, but she had no power over the Holy Ghost. People were getting the Holy Ghost by the hundreds. And finally, I remember on the last night, she was doing the cards and trying to do the cards and people around her were getting the Holy Ghost and she finally threw all the cards down and lifted up her hands and God filled her with the Holy Ghost that very night. She's still in the church. She's still winning souls. Oh, my friend, there's something greater than your fear. 
There's something greater than your addictions. There's the power and the presence of God. And it can break every chain. I said it can break every chain. After that crusade was over, we had some 800, and I don't know how many get the Holy Ghost, and the head drug lord of that area called for Noe, the preacher, called him to the farm. Brother Noe called me up. He said, Pastor, I just want you to know, when you go to the farm, you don't come back. He said, what do you think I should do? I said, maybe he's hungry for the Lord. He said, I want to believe that, but you got to know who this guy is. He's known as the butcher. There's thousands of people he's killed. And he's calling me and some of the men to go to the farm. What should we do? And I said, I want you to go on a seven-day fast. They begin to fast and pray. Afterwards, he called me. He said, I feel like going. God's going to help us. I said, we're going to cover you in prayer. He went to the farm. He and his men sat down. That drug lord sat across from him. He said, okay, I want to know what happened. What's going on in my city? And he said, I begin to tell him about the Holy Ghost. He said, I begin to tell him about the power of the Holy Ghost. And he said, I want to know more about this. You come back the same time next week. He came back the same time next week, started teaching him the Bible about what the power of the Holy Ghost is. As he was teaching him about the power of the Holy Ghost, he started talking about baptism. He said, I'm ready to get baptized now. He said, I got a pond right here. They baptized him in Jesus' name on the second Bible study. By the third Bible study, the head drug pen said, I want to tell you something. You are my spiritual leader. I am not the head of this community anymore. You are. I will not fire or hire a man without your permission. He told the preacher that. He said, what? He said, I will not make a transition in this city without first getting permission from you. You are the spiritual authority. You are the kingpin of this area. He said, I won't do anything without your permission. I want you to come back next week. He came back next week. The next week he told him, what are you wanting to do in this area? He said, I want to build churches. Uh, he said, I own land all over this area. Any land you want, we'll build a church on it. They have built 14 churches on land that was given by the drug lord. Our church has built some of those churches. It's a modern day Paul Saul conversion. You know why? Because God can change the heart of anybody. He can take the fear out of any situation. He can make you a new creature in Christ Jesus. Oh, you ought to lift your hands and begin to give praise to God. I thank you, Lord. You're going to break the chains of sin. You're going to break the chains of fear and doubt. Oh, yes, God. You're going to set us free by your power. Free from fear. Free from fear. Free from fear. Oh, you ought to speak it over your life right now. I'm not going to be intimidated by fear. I'm not going to be paralyzed by fear anymore. I'm not going to let it happen. You better get an understanding that fear is what the enemy of your soul peddles. He's the seller of fear. He's the retail distributor of fear. He's a fear pusher. I said, your enemy is a fear pusher. He manufactures fear. But fear fades in the glory of God. David got a revelation. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Woo! When fear tries to turn the light of hope off. That's what fear does. Fear tries to come in and turn the light of hope off. Take all hope out of your life. Cause you to be so fearful you can't hardly move. 
take all the hope out of you because God, hallelujah, is a God that gives hope. Tomorrow can be better than yesterday. I said God is a God of hope. He's the God, hallelujah, that wants to give you a better life. He wants to set you free from sin. And the enemy comes in and tries to take all that hope out by putting fear in your life. But the Lord turns on the light of His glory. And when the Lord turns on the light of His glory, fear has to fade into oblivion. That's why Paul said in Romans, We have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear. We have received the spirit of adoption, whereby we cry, Abba, Father. Oh, there comes a time in your life, my friend, when you've got to face uh, your failures, you've got to face your fears, and you've got to realize they're not going to control me any longer. I am a child of God. Paul said, For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, yea, they have become the sons of God. There comes a time when the face of your sins cannot haunt you anymore. The bondage of your mistake and the nightmare and remorse of wrong choices begin to fade. Why? Because I see a crimson stream of blood. And it flows from Calvary. I see something that's greater. I see something that's more pure. I see something that's more powerful. And it's the blood of Jesus. It's greater than my mistakes. It's greater than my sins. Oh, when you see the Lord high and lifted up, you see that His train, His power, the record of His victories fills the temple. That's why David said not only... Am I going to the house of God? But I'm going to behold the beauty of the Lord. Oh, when you come into the house of God, you got to behold the beauty of the Lord. You see, the enemy, even while I've been preaching this morning, the enemy wants to come along and keep reminding you of things that you're facing outside of those doors. But when you come to the house of God, you said, I'm coming to behold the beauty of the Lord. David said, one thing have I desired in that well I seek after, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord. Why? To behold the beauty of the Lord. I used to dwell on ugliness. I used to dwell on the negative. I used to live in a cave of self-pity. But David said, I've learned to face my fear by embracing the glory of God. Oh, when you get a vision of how great God is, when you get a vision of the beauty of my God, you can't live in fear anymore. All you can do is dance in the presence of God and say, great is the Lord and greatly to be praised. I see your beauty. I see your power, God. I see I don't have to live in fear anymore because you're in charge of every single breath that I breathe. David said, I got a glimpse of something really wonderful. I saw the sights of freedom. I began to believe that things could be different if I could just turn them over to God. I started looking at him. That's what you got to do, my friend. You got to start looking at Jesus, beholding his beauty. Because fear must turn to faith to produce freedom. I said fear must turn to faith to produce freedom. He has given every one of us the measure of faith. Fear comes because of the fallen nature of our flesh. But faith has been deposited in us by our Creator. And when you say, I choose to believe rather than fear, freedom is on its way. I said freedom is on its way. I choose to believe that God's going to give me victory. I choose to believe that God's going to heal me of cancer. Come on, somebody. You've got to speak it over your life. 
I choose to believe that God's going to bring my son and my daughter back home. I choose to believe that God's going to heal my marriage. I choose to believe that God's going to heal my mind. I choose to believe that I don't have to live in fear any longer. Oh, come on, slowly, you're going to begin to feel the death grip of all of those fears begin to loosen from you. Why? Because you know the Lord is faithful, that God will never leave you nor forsake you. And our fear begins to fade into faith when I think of the goodness of Jesus. And all he's done for me. My soul cries out, hallelujah. Thank God for saving me. Come on, my friend, freedom is just a few moments away. I said freedom is just a few praises away. Would you stand to your feet all over this building? Would you lift up your voice in your hands right now? And would you begin to praise him? Would you begin to praise him? You're greater than my situation. You're greater than my circumstance. You're greater than my troubles. You are my mighty God in Christ. You're greater than my disappointments. You are high and lifted up. And your glory fills the temple. He kanda robo shata rabahaya. He kanda robo siya. He kata rabahaya. The name that is above every name. You are great. You are greatly to be praised. I've come to bless the Lord. I've come to dwell in your house. I've come to inquire of the beauty of God. You are more powerful. You are high and lifted up. You can do anything, God. You can do anything, Lord. Shonda Robosita. Jesus. 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 Break every chain. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. 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 Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, in the name of Jesus. I hear the sound of chains breaking. Chains are falling.
That's it. Chains are falling. Shackles are being unloosed. Come on, I'm free to worship your Lord. I'm free to come to this altar. I'm free to lift up my hands unto you. You are my Savior. You are my hope. You are the God. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus.
Join